I, I find it interesting that now we are in that time where people, you know, in the States, friends are kind of questioning like, oh, I don't know, this isn't really something that I want to put up with. Like, it's just not right. I don't feel aligned with the, with these, with the value system. And, and they're now questioning, do they go or do they stay if they can, you know. And I guess kind of not necessarily the flip side of that, but what what I do kind of come back to sometimes is like there are so many people who are still fighting for the rights that they believe in mm. and that are still wanting to make a change that it's almost like, and this is no offense to anybody who's saying like, I'm out because I, again, I've had that thought many times, <laughs> but sometimes kind of what I start to consider is like, well, then what happens then yeah. if everybody who wants to make. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Oh, so How good to are be you back. Doing? I know. Oh my goodness. I think this might actually be our longest break we've had. I think so. And we've been in sync too. We've had breaks because we've traveled and we've yeah. coincidentally planned those at the same time, which has been very serendipitous. Yes. And what you, uh, to your point, it's been working out quite great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I know that my sniffles traveled across the mic waves to you. You've got a little, little bit of a little thing going on. A little, little thing going on here. If you hear my nasally congested voice, I am a little bit under the weather. But I do feel fine. I feel great. And I'm so excited to be recording with you. So we're going to power through. Just forgive this. Um, yeah. We, we all get the sniffles. <laughs> totally, totally normal, right? Oh, but yeah. you've just come back from a great trip, haven't you? Yes. So, uh, so we both did. I came back from California where I did like this massive adventure with my family. And we hit all the spots did Southern California right. The weather was beautiful. Got to spend a ton of time with my family. A lot of downtime, actually, which is not typically the case when I travel. You know, it's usually go, go, go. But this time, you know, I was like sitting by the pool with my mom, going to the beach for coffee with my friends. So it was really nice. But of course, it feels great to be home. Oh, unplugging. That sounds so good. Yeah. And how about you? Yeah, we went to, we had a little five-day trip to just, we hopped, hopped and skipped across to Queenstown, New Zealand, which is just a short two-hour flight from Sydney. 
which is such a great um, destination. This is our third time. You've been to Queenstown too, haven't you? Hands down, one of my favorite places we've ever traveled. I loved it. It's what That's why it's so easy to just go back there because it is this perfect little spot of beautiful scenery. You've got the beautiful mountains in the background, the lakes. The town is nice and um, compact. So, you know, it's easy to walk around and get around and it's great restaurants. Um, and it, it was perfect because Omar was snowboarding. I don't do any of those mountain snow sports at all. Um, So I decided to do some yoga every day. And so it kind of offered the, you know, something for for both of us. Uh, And it's just, yeah, it's just a great little spot. So it was really, really nice. And yeah, we got to unplug, you know, got to relax and just take it easy for five days. So important. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, again, as we already said, we're very excited to be back on the mic today for quite an intense topic. Today's topic is a biggie. I know we mentioned on a previous episode that we were going to be diving into this topic. So what we're going to be covering today is the massive decision that the U.S. courts made a few weeks back in June of 2022 to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, as we all know, this has been a decision that has been in place for quite some time, 49 years to be exact. That's a long time. And if you think back to where our, the, the U.S. was as a country at that time, and the world really, I mean, it was a huge decision. And so we're here to have a candid chat about our own personal thoughts and feelings on the ruling and also like some of the implications that may come with it that, you know, Nicole and I have kind of dabbled in a couple different articles. Um, Maybe dabbling isn't even the right word. I mean, I really dove into a lot of stuff. Uh, I know you have too, Nicole, because I know we're very, we're both very passionate about this topic. So what were your initial thoughts when you heard this well the first thing was absolute shock it was shock it was anger um it was sadness too Mm -hmm. and then really immediately and this is where I think we can have an interesting conversation given our respective locations the first thing I thought was well can that happen here in Australia as well like it kind of shone a light on what is the the state of affairs here? I, I kind of didn't don't really know. So you know, after mm. or maybe I thought I knew. Um, oh, this is you know in Australia, it's it's fine. That can't happen here. This is this is something that's happening over there. Um, and then so yeah, that that whole decision propelled me to start you know reading articles, uh, reading opinion pieces, following different social accounts, just to to make sense of okay, what what is actually happening there? What is the situation here? And I suppose like what came out of it too was that the overwhelming response is that people are against this decision. Mm. I mean, you hear that in in, in the States, more than 80% of people don't agree with this decision and yet it happened. Yeah. So that's kind of like leaves you in absolute disbelief. How can that happen? Right. And and I think, you know, shown a light is a perfect way to describe it is I think now more than ever, people are realizing the impact of... Like sometimes, you know, we'll have uh, midterm elections or somebody's electing, you know, a county official or a state official or something like that. And 
And I think that a lot of people don't really have a clear understanding of, of that trickle down mm. effect or trickle up effect, maybe, um, that those decisions really do matter, especially in a situation like this, where, you know, the Supreme Court has just given power to individual states that suddenly, whereas in a lot of decisions, maybe your state officials don't really have that big a say, but in a situation like this, they're deciding everything. So it's a very small portion, you know, making massive decisions for an entire state. And yeah, I think people are kind of taking a step back and going like, whoa, maybe maybe I need to think twice before electing, you know, state officials or... or I don't know. It's just, it's weird to think of it at a very zoomed in view like that, because typically that's not how it works. So normally the state officials wouldn't weigh in on these decisions prior to this. It was more like a a whole country level decision. Yeah. And well, I mean, not even to say decisions like this, I think just living in a democracy, you kind of assume that every decision is going to be made by the people, Mm -hmm. you know, majority rules. And to your point in this specific situation, that's not how it's working. And so I think it's giving people kind of a different point of view on like, okay, I thought a democracy meant that, you know, the people were going to give their input and then, then that would all come to like we vote for the president for example but i mean even that you could argue in the last decade there have been some races where the popular vote is not what ended up happening and that gets into electoral votes and how how many electoral votes per state and and all of that so man it gets messy really fast and when you're dealing with issues this important to over half the population, well, I don't know what the male-female exact ratio population is, but like when you're dealing with the personal choices and decisions that half the population are making, that's a huge deal. How does that make you feel? Because that was one of the things that I wanted to kind of ask you and just, you've grown up all your life thinking, yeah, America's a democracy. You grow up thinking we decide as a people and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, we're not deciding anymore. Mm. Like, how did that make you feel? Well, it's interesting because I saw in some of your notes for today's discussion, like talking about, you know, at what point do you start to question why you live in a society that is so out of alignment with like your beliefs? And that's a really hard question to answer because it's not black and white, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there are so many incredible, amazing benefits of being an American citizen. And I don't take that for granted. I know that a lot of people historically and currently, you know, would give a lot to be a part of the United States and be a U.S. citizen. And, and I'm grateful for that. Have I had moments where I'm like, that would be really cool to move to Canada? Yes. (laughs) Or Australia or Europe or um, another place. And maybe be in an atmosphere where politics, like it's starting to feel like everything is touched by politics is my personal experience right now. And 
I don't really like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like when you start thinking about what that would mean to move to another place, like, okay, so do you give up your citizenship? How do you become a citizen of the other country? I mean, you and Omar know this, like, uh, not that you guys moved for any of those reasons, but going through a citizenship process is not a super simple thing. And giving up citizenship of your home country is even, you know, a bigger thing. So, and it's, yeah, I don't know. What's your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. It's a privilege. What's your perspective? Well, that's the thing. I was having these conversations because I find it interesting. I was having conversations with, you know, American friends who are starting to have these conversations where, you know, uh, I grew up with, you know, my parents having immigrated from Italy to Australia because they saw an opportunity here. You've grown, and I've grown up with a lot of those stories of migration stories of going to countries that provide an opportunity that their home countries didn't provide. Um, and so all of a sudden, I'm now having these conversations with friends who are in one of those countries, which is known as the land of opportunity, who are now starting to question mm-hmm. and feel completely divorced from the value system that's, you know, starting to kind of, you know, permeate through society. And you're like, wow, are we in a different kind of time now? Like, are we experiencing that kind of, uh, I, that I would never have thought we'd, we would experience now. And so I can kind of understand that because I get why people, I mean, you know, I was in the States in 2016 and it was the year that Trump was running right Mm -hmm. and and we left before that and at the time a lot of people were like if he gets elected I'm moving to Canada I'm I'm out I'm out (laughs) and I and I knew we were coming back to Australia so I'm like if he gets elected I'm out but you know I knew that I was leaving and you know I and I've been reading articles and we can link to all of these where you know, people, you know, were feeling that way back then. Uh, They kind of stuck it out. And again, it comes with a lot of privilege. A lot of people can't even, um, even fathom or can't even imagine that they'll have that opportunity because there's just no way, you know, financially wise, um, whatever their life situation, it's so difficult to even imagine, oh, I'm just going to pick up and leave if this happens, right? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a privilege afforded to not that many. But people were already starting to think like that. Um, and in that, yeah. at that time I was like, yeah, I don't kind of want to be here right now. I don't think this is, this is very cool what's going on. And I wasn't really mm-hmm. privy to the ins and outs of, I wasn't following every single debate or anything like that. But I, I find it interesting that now we are in that time where people, you know, in the States, friends are kind of questioning like, oh, I don't know, this isn't really something that I want to put up with. Like, it's just not right. I don't feel aligned with the, with these, with the value system. And, and they're now questioning, do they go or do they stay if they can, you know? And I guess kind of not necessarily the flip side of that, but what, what I do kind of come back to sometimes is like, they're, are so many people who are still fighting for the rights that they believe in Mm. and that are still wanting to make a change that it's almost like, and this is no offense to anybody who's saying like, I'm out because Mm. I've, again, I've had that thought many times, (laughs) but sometimes kind of what I start to consider is like, well, then what happens then? If everybody who wants to make a change just leaves, then where does that leave the rest of the country? 
And so, I, I, I mean, I know that there are, you know, just the same as when any president is elected or when a, a big Supreme Court ruling like this takes place, there's always going to be people who are fighting for what they believe in. Yes. and. And who are fighting the fight for Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One of the articles you shared, I think it was um, the ABC News article that talked about, um, it was right at the very bottom, but it was one of those repercussions of this decision that you realize, oh gosh, it just, you know, it has such far reaching repercussions in that, you know, because of this, this ruling now, medical staff and and doctors feel like they can no longer provide the service um that you know mm. that they were called to do you know that you know that called them to be to, to be doctors and so they're leaving states like Texas and yeah and so and then you know that possibly medical training will be impacted as well as a result mm-hmm. of this and then you realize oh like there's just so many layers to this decision where yeah yeah, who's then look at the extent of, you know, people will suffer because there are now no longer the doctors who can provide, you know, the medical treatment that they require um, because they've left or have no choice like that. You know, they have no choice to they can't just up and leave and, and move somewhere else right. because it's not, you know, it's not an option for them. So just that level yeah. of suffering at so many different layers of it. Is, is, is it's all like I think about unintended consequences so much and it's like a lot of the times you can't really see those mm-hmm. in the moment but I think that that's a great example I mean imagine being a healthcare professional a doctor an OBGYN you know a delivery and delivery nurse uh, uh, any of those positions and suddenly you're faced with a fear that you shouldn't be having to live with like oh my goodness what if mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm turned in for doing my job exactly um and that's that's awful that's an awful feeling yeah yeah or for yeah trying to help my patients <laughs> yeah I think we also get like so deep into like those um you know kind of what what else does this mean when you start thinking about um, the definitions? Again, a lot of people are like, I don't believe in uh, abortion. But then you're like, okay, well, what if someone miscarries? Do you not believe in that person being able to get help to, you know, go through that process like a DNC? Um, because there's all these like, super intricacies that are coming out of like depending on where which you know side of the quote-unquote law you stand on and some of these states like you would not be able to perform a dnc for a miscarriage like that's just a normal part of care that everyone should have access to and it's so maddening that suddenly women have been you know singled out again yeah and are and then that this is being taken away from them. Like I think about okay, so this woman has a child, and you know, has maybe been raped, uh, has has been maybe in a terrible situation. Is her own life might be at risk, and the male side of this equation, which always exists, yes. can't do it alone, right? Yeah, <laughs> is just like off carrying on. Yep. No, like potentially no involvement, no worries, 
nothing to think about, nothing to deal with. Like, yeah. And that is very frustrating. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 hard to contain. Like, frustrating is is a word. I mean, there's so many words to 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 describe this because the inequality of exactly as you said like the male counterpart doesn't even have to take a day off work doesn't even have to deal with any of the the mental trauma the mental labor of the whole situation and and you're like how are how is it possible that we're still here then you you layer all that fear into it as well all the, the the fear just that just again stops women from just carrying on and living a life that's afforded to other men Mm -hmm. just you know like they don't even have to think about this if they really you know they don't want to yeah it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing um i know that you know one of the things that came out of this too was that companies were stepping up right and offering Mm. to provide medical benefits cover the costs um Mm -hmm. of travel and and all of that i thought this was a very interesting situation you know i thought it's very interesting that companies are doing this but at the same time again going back to just that inequality of what it means to be a woman now the fact that you have to then present at work present to hr and divulge this information something that is so mm-hmm. personal deeply yeah. personal deeply private is it, it it's infuriating yeah you know there's two sides to this right but that aspect of it just i think again we're just stripping women of their right to just you know make a personal private choice yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that is. And and when I read that about, you know, multiple companies kind of stepping up and and offering this, I mean, I do think that it's, um, I mean, saying that it's a nice thing is kind of like weird, but (laughs) But I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And think of the millions of companies that aren't going to offer that. Hmm. And where does that leave people who are in, you know, I've heard, I've heard the argument a lot like, okay, well, they don't offer it in this state. You just go to a neighboring state and then you're fine. But to your point, a lot of people can't just do that. They might have to quit their job and be out of work to be able to do that. They might not have the money to do that. Exactly. And if they're at a company that's not going to cover that for them, um, then that's on them. And there are people who might already have children. And who like, what, are you going to bring your child with you? I mean, there there's just so many things that I... I don't think that I think people are quick to just make a decision and say that that's my belief and they have no other consideration for what that means. Who? I'm 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 kind of thinking about it. I think it's an interesting perspective. I actually heard um someone uh on a podcast talking about this is like she um she was a mother, had a daughter, and she was thinking like I've spent my entire life with this right. And it's so crazy for me to think that a right I've had my entire life, my daughter won't have. Like, I think it really exemplifies what a step backwards Mm. it is. So um, a lot of people are talking about this as a step backwards. 
Mm. Like we've mm-hmm. taken a step mm-hmm. back that, yeah. w- you know, women of previous generations have fought for these rights um, and now all of a sudden they're being taken away. Uh, and, that, and, that's, yeah. and that's the perspective we, th- we felt here as well. It's like you suddenly realise, oh, you can't take for granted something that's been won before or it's been d- passed as law because that right. can be taken taken away um do you feel like that's the you know that's how women are feeling now women who maybe have daughters who have children absolutely and and I've had this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends I mean almost all of my girlfriends have children and all of them um I mean my closest girlfriends all have daughters um and to think that you've had the access to this decision your entire life and then maybe your daughter wouldn't I can't even imagine that feeling even like not as a mother uh, you know I have a niece and I, I have cousins who have um girls and even in that position it's just it's really pain it's painful to think just makes me so sad to think that they won't have that right. I say won't have that right, but really my hope is that this doesn't actually go on for years to come. My hope is that there is some type of just the same way if it was overturned once, you know, my hope is that that there's a future where it would come back. I don't know what that looks like or in what capacity, but what about you? What do you think about just when you think about the future, like what kind of comes to mind for you? Yeah, I feel that we've, that idea of taking a step backwards, it's almost like you get a sense as you get older that, you know, yeah, equality, it's kind of there, but it's not really. And this is just another reminder. And again, it shines a light on, you know, I started listening to these podcasts and realizing we think that women get equal treatment in the medical system and that everything is okay and everything is great. But again, that comes either through a lens of, a, a you know, a position of privilege, of a bit of naivety. Mm-hmm. And you realize oh, we're still fighting this battle, which again is just a distraction from doing good work, living a life that's free of these worries, these fears, this this attachment to this idea that, you know, a woman is only valuable if she can reproduce. I feel like we're still stuck there. And, and even more so, this is another signal that, you your a woman's life is really not even that valuable unless she has a living child um or and her purpose is so much tied to that reproductive function which is just yeah to think about it to think about it in a in a scenario where like i think that i don't want to misspeak i know that there has been some type of argument around the idea that like even if a mother's life was at risk, you know, what but what about the baby? And to think that like a grown woman wouldn't have priority. I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem real. That's that's the yeah. I think 
And I know we <laughs> talked about this too. When we very first brought up this topic, pretty sure it was in our um, episode 50, right? When we were kind of looking yes. back and we looked back on our first episode about starting a family. And, and this had just come up. When yeah. we recorded that, that had just come up. And I, I think that's, you know, we, we shared briefly our thoughts on the matter. And, and I think I remember us saying that. And it still feels that way months later. Um, that it just doesn't seem real. How could we possibly be stepping so far back? I know. And I just, it's like, we can keep repeating that. It, it, it just seems like we're on different like we're speaking different languages it's you know or we're not mm. understanding each other how is our i don't know what world or what time or what place this 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 idea belongs to it, it's it just seems so archaic so medieval so like mm-hmm. and yet it's not it's it's right here in in a world where we have incredible technology, you know, where we've come, mm-hmm. technically we've come so far in so many ways. And yet this idea that women can just be discarded and just not given equal consideration. Uh, yeah. I think another thing that's so concerning and that I think about, um, you know, you we had talked a little bit about stepping backwards and, you know, having friends with children, having daughters, nieces, um, that I read, I've read this in a lot of articles. I've heard a lot of people talk about it and it is something that comes to mind for me too. And I think that that is what, what then becomes the solution for people who aren't willing to not have that freedom, then that's dangerous to think that somebody who does not have access to medically help them, that they would end up doing it themselves. And I think that is incredibly alarming. I mean, I'm sure that it, that it happens now. I'm sure that it has been happening for a long time for any different number of reasons. Um, I'm sure the privacy and, Mm. and that side of things has caused it to happen for a long time probably but to think that 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 would then become more of a norm that people didn't for for women to not feel like they have the support is feel like we keep using the same words over and over again just think that's really sad I mean it's already a scenario where I, I, I feel pain for anyone going through even having to make that type of decision um then add to that the feeling of being so alone Mm. and maybe other people not understanding where you're coming from. But like, Hey, at the end of the day, like this is your life. It's not somebody else's. What's, what's kind of wild too, is that whoever, like these people making these decisions, you'd think that we're all kind of united in a common purpose for, like everybody wants to live in a great society, right? Ideally, you can't imagine, especially people at the Supreme Court level, decision makers, lawmakers, you'd think that we're all kind of united on a common goal. Like we want a good society, we want a prosperous society, we want people to be living well, economic health, we want emotional, mental 
everyone, it's hard to imagine that people don't want to live in a world that's like going well, right? Right. <laughs> and so to just knowing that and then, and not realizing how much distress that this will cause because to your point it's not going to reduce the number of abortions it's 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 you know it's written everywhere that it's just going to lead to more unsafe abortions you know mm-hmm. um criminalizing something doesn't make it go away it just makes it right. more unsafe and you can see that in so many other examples in the world so i just don't understand if you know if Technically, we have this common purpose of, you know, a prosperous nation, a prosperous country, a prosperous society to create this level of stress and trauma and difficulty on on women and not and to take away this right. Again, I just feel like I don't understand it. I don't yeah. understand. How that. could how could your definition be so drastically different that to you that doesn't matter over your belief? Yeah, I've and, you know, going back to just, you know, being a U.S. citizen and kind of watching the landscape over, you know, I admitted that I feel like just everything's politicized now. Mm. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting because everything is like, you know, we're supposed to be this country of like everyone coming together and everyone fighting for everyone else's freedom. And to feel so divided is like a strange feeling because mm. I never felt that growing up. I never felt that, you know, even into my 20s and 30s, I didn't feel that way. It's a quite new feeling um, that people are so divided and have such different beliefs that they cannot imagine what it would be like to meet in the middle. They just, they can't fathom what a different way might look like or how that might benefit more than just, you know, one person or one belief. Yeah. And how did you get, how did you get there? Like, how did we get there? (laughs) Yeah. It's a great question for a whole other like (laughs) (laughs) series of episodes. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I tell you what, though, like I'm going into, you know, after doing all this reading and listening to these podcasts, I'm definitely I didn't think that I'd get to this age and still be like now I open eyes wide open as to every, you know, situation that I go into, whether it's the, the doctors, the hospitals, just looking at the system again with just this view of like hang on a second Mm, is this what is is everything what it seems because i don't think so Mm. (laughs) i'm not sure and to (laughs) and to have to have those doubts like Mm. it's just we shouldn't have to live that way yeah we shouldn't be we shouldn't have to question whether the people that we go to that we're supposed to trust Mm. whether or not they're going to do the right thing the thing that you know best supports the community, the yeah. society, the individual, like it's crazy that we would have to question that. And here we are. Oof. Well, friends, as this podcast blatantly suggests, this is Nicole and I getting on the mic and sharing our own personal feelings and interpretations. We're not politicians or doctors or 
any of that, just two gals. Yeah, but we had to talk about this. This is, And I think this is a conversation that isn't over. We'll probably keep talking about it off the mic. Yeah. Maybe on the mic again. Absolutely. And we also recognize that, of course, everyone tuning in has their own opinion and perspective and outlook and thoughts and feelings on the subject. Um, Nicole and I are going to be linking up several articles that we looked through, podcast episodes we've listened to on the topic. So if you want to head over to the episode description or our show notes page, then you can find those links and resources if you would like to read more about this. Yeah. This is an ever-evolving conversation, so I'm going to keep reading, but definitely we'll link up to all those all those materials. Yes. I feel like I still have a lot to a lot to dive into as well. Like you said, ever evolving. Well, we'll keep talking about it. We'll keep fighting for it whatever way we can. Having this platform, it's it's a way for us to, you know, share our opinions. As you said, it's, you know, it, it's our personal opinions, but I felt like and I think you felt the same that wasn't something we keep could keep quiet about as 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 two women. Right. All right, friends. Well, as we close out today's chat on the Roe v. Wade decision here in the U.S., we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.